0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Well, hello, 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 and Happy New Year to everybody. You're dialed in with Tom Brenneman. Great to have you with us. Dave R. Brewster, as always, our producer and engineer. We thank him for all his outstanding work. We thank our friends at the Believe Network for believing in this show, and thank you for listening. Hope you had a great holiday, great Christmas great new year all that great stuff all right this week's show we are completely dialed in on the nfl playoffs they begin on saturday two games saturday three games sunday and um, i can't remember ever a playoff game being on a monday night maybe i'm wrong but um, there will be a game on monday night between the arizona cardinals and the la rams But our guest this week, we've had him on going way, way back to when this show started. We talked more about him and coaching and all that kind of thing. And that's Brian Billick. You remember him, uh, the longtime head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, won a Super Bowl in 2000, January of 2001 to be technical. So uh, it was um, 21 years ago, that great Ravens team led by Ray Lewis and that group that just dominated the New York Giants in a Super Bowl 34 to 7. But, of course, uh, Brian has worked in TV since getting out of coaching, and he still follows this stuff morning, noon, and night. And uh, we're going to pick his brain about each and every matchup. And we're also going to touch on a couple of other things, uh, the, the head coaching jobs that are open in the NFL. They call it Black Monday. Four coaches shown the door on Monday. Um, we'll ask him, you know, what might be the best job of those jobs? The Bears, the Dolphins, the Vikings, Denver. Is there one he likes more than the other? We're going to talk about quick topics. Is Jim Harbaugh coming back from the NFL after finally having a decent year at Michigan? And what about Baker Mayfield? Should the Browns bring him back? And of course, then we talk about all the matchups as we're set for the postseason after 18 weeks, 17 games for the first time in the history of the National Football League. You're dialed in with Tom Brenneman coming up next. Since 1882, Children's Home of Northern Kentucky has been a lifeline for children and families in crisis. Now known as CHNK Behavioral Health, its team of doctors, nurses, and therapists impacts nearly 4,000 kids and families every year. An array of mental health services including counseling, addiction treatment, and psychiatric residential care. CHNK also continues to care for abused and neglected youth who are in the state's custody. Right now, CHNK Behavioral Health is offering a free 10-minute conversation with a clinical therapist to help families dealing with the increased pressures caused by the ongoing pandemic. Visit www.chnk.org for more details, or for the free conversation with a therapist, call 1-844-YES-CHNK. Brian Billick was born in Fairborne, Ohio in 1954, grew up in the Redlands, California. And of course, after starring at BYU, he spent a couple of training camps with the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys as a player. But of course, he came to be so well known, internationally known as a coach from 94 to 98 was the offensive coordinator of the minnesota vikings in 1998 that was a team that uh, broke the nfl single season scoring record he would then spend nine years as head coach of the baltimore ravens from 99 to 2007 uh, went to the playoffs four different times and in 2000 took home the whole shooting match won the super bowl title the ravens first ever with a dominant 34-7 win over the new york giants Brian Billick was inducted into the Ravens' Ring of Honor in 2019. Since then, you've seen him uh, any number of places, Fox, the NFL Network. And he joins us today on Dialed In uh, as one of the coaches of the Hula Bowl. How in the world did that happen, Brian Billick?
0: Well, i tell you what, uh, Mike Smith. Uh, who is my brother-in-law, of course, former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. We're married to sisters. Mike coached a couple of years ago. So the organizers, they moved it from Hawaii to uh, Orlando for COVID reasons and logistics in terms of getting the guys here. And Mike said, "Let's uh, let's 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 have that. You you coach one team, I'll coach the other. He's put together a heck of a staff." over 280 years of NFL experience on this guy. I got Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator. Mike Tice, former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, is my offensive line coach. Kevin Sumlin, head coach of A&M in Arizona, is my receiver and uh, 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 tight end coach. So, yeah, we've got some really good coaches here to service these guys and uh, go out and play
1: some ball. Well, when, when you take on this job, Brian, you know what do you say to the players? Because clearly, this is a big deal for them, and they're coming in as senior players, uh, and they want to. You know, they, they've had all year to show what they can do, but now all of a sudden they're going to be in one place where a lot of scouts and coaches and so forth are going to be there watching them in person. What do you tell them about what's reasonable to expect from a playing time standpoint?
0: Well, that's exactly right. And the thing I like about this game is the group that we have, this is, this is the back end of the draft guys. This is going to be, you know, third round, clearly the third day of the draft from undrafted free agents. So these young guys need this game, which is good. Because sometimes you can get into these and in the front end guys, you know, they're going to come in and only want to play so much. These guys want to play. They want to be here. Uh, they want to get every snap they can. The important thing is, is, is basically they're here to be evaluated. We're going to have over a hundred scouts here for the week. So it's not just the game. It's actually as much the practices as the game. Right. And they're going to be evaluated, uh, whether it's the meetings, whether it's practice, everything about it. it's a great job interview, great opportunity for them to show that they compete. It's NFL rules, Pro Bowl rules. Uh, so they're going to get in with the coaching staff that we have. They're going to be coached up at a pro level. Uh, I always used to tell my guys you got to listen quick because uh, it's all about how quickly you can adapt. I mean you watch an NFL game, how many times did you turn on the TV and watch your favorite team And a guy that signed with them on Thursday is starting them for them on Sunday. So it's that ability to absorb very quickly what's going on to be able to go in and play. So it's a great opportunity for them. Uh, we're going to get everybody the, the most snaps we can. So between the week and the game, they're going to get plenty of opportunities to show off the scout.
1: All right, I want to talk to you about a little bit about the league before we get into the playoff games. Uh, today was known as Black Monday, the Monday after the regular season. Uh, Matt Nagy in Chicago, Brian Flores in Miami, Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, Nick Fangio in Denver. Any of those uh, firings surprise you?
0: Well, they all surprise you. Know, it's, it, 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 crushes you as a coach because even if you're not one of the guys getting fired or on those staffs, somebody you know is affected by this. And it's people talk about it all the time. You're not just firing the coach, you're firing an entire staff. I mean the upheaval. It's just a it's just a tough, tough time. Um you know, that's the nature of the NFL. I think if any of them were a surprise, I think the Brian Flores firing in Miami was probably the biggest surprise to me. Most Nagy and Zimmer, the you know questions about it all the way through. Uh, so you know those were not so much, but Brian Flores in Miami had it kind of going, um, and and it, that evidently it came down because of he and the general manager weren't seeing eye to eye. And boy, that's so important. I mean, you that that's got to be almost like a marriage. Doesn't mean that it's got to be you know lockstep exactly the same way, but you got to have that good working relationship. If you're going to have any chances as an organization, it sounds like maybe that was the problem
1: in Miami. What was that meeting for you like, like uh, you know, w- with your owner there with the Ravens? I mean, you know, you had gone 13 and three uh, the year before. The next year, you go five and 11, and now you're sitting down with Steve Bisciotti. And and I mean, did you did you sense this was coming? Well,
0: it was funny. I not to you know betray confidences, but we had met, and, and it was a tough year. I mean, we started here. we were in Cincinnati, lost Steve McNair, lost Jonathan Ogden, lost Ray Lewis. Uh, I went through four and five different quarterbacks because of injury. Not to make
1: excuses for for, for the losing. No, but, but I mean, it worked. is what it is. You lose guys like yeah, that. We I mean, you're, you're ripping off Pro Bowlers there.
0: And uh, and so uh, uh, obviously not good. And, and Steve is uh, a great great owner, great guy. Um, and actually met uh, a week before the last game. We played Pittsburgh, uh, talked about how we were moving forward. Uh, and, and I remember Steve telling me, he goes, you know, between you, Ozzie, and me, meaning Steve Bichotti and, and Ozzie Newsom, he said, two of the three of us are, are going to be right. So that that's where my comfort zone and what we're doing going forward. So we beat Pittsburgh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to Ozzie's office the, the, the next day figuring, okay, I'm getting ready to, because I was going to make some changes on the coaching staff and what we needed to go, do going forward, and and that's when Ozzie, and yeah, I was caught off guard. Ozzie said uh, Steve uh, Steve uh, decided to, to, you know, the proverbial make a change or go another direction, um, and, and <laughs> I only have joking goes, well, I know I don't think I should be fired, and I, was, I don't mean to speak to you, but I don't think you think I should be fired. So this two out of three things didn't last real long. But that, that's an owner's right. He, he made a business decision, whatever it was that Steve decided had to. And I've had to fire guys. I know who that is. Uh, it's, just, it's life in the NFL, so you, you move on.
1: All right, couple of just quick thoughts, and then we get to the playoff games. Um, Jim Harbaugh, you think he's coming back to the NFL?
0: Good question, you know, and obviously those are the rumors we thought. I actually thought when because of of the Flory's decision being maybe the surprise compared to some of the others, I thought they that that, that happened and, yeah. and happened ahead of schedule because he wanted to go get Jim Harbaugh. But Mr. Ross has come out and said, I'm not gonna steal Harbaugh from Michigan. Now you still don't know if that's gonna be the case. Um, it, it really I don't know it depends on whether Jim Harbaugh still wants to go back and go back in the NFL he's obviously brought Michigan back to a degree big win over Ohio State obviously got him to that point uh, whether he want, you know it's really a personal decision on his part I think a lot of people will make a run at him and there's going to be a lot of money bouncing around so uh, this will be interesting if indeed Miami is off the table they're saying maybe in Las Vegas although I think Passaccia uh, deserves a chance to kind of keep going with that uh, Chicago, because Harbaugh played in Chicago. So yeah. there are going to be a lot of rumors about him going.
1: Um, I only want to ask you about one quarterback in the league as far as what would you do if you're the general manager of the Cleveland Browns? What do you do with Baker Mayfield?
0: Boy, that is a tough one because now it's it's particularly what you've got to pay those quarterbacks. And and as Baker Mayfield distinguish himself to be one of those $100 million guarantee, because every penny now nowadays with the quarterback kind of like the NBA they're all pretty much guaranteed um, I would I would hesitate with that my guess is and they said they want to keep them because you always have to ask yourself okay if they don't then what yeah and they know firsthand how hard it is to go to replace those guys my guess is is that they'll sign him but at the end of the day and the contract will look phenomenal but at the end of the day there'll be some some provisions in there that protect the Browns. And I don't think it's going to be one of those Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes kind of, you know, mega contract guaranteed. We're locked into this forever. I think there's going to be, uh, it may be along the lines of a Ryan Tannehill contract that certainly a good contract, but has some mechanisms if things don't go well that allow the Browns to salvage something.
1: All right, let's hit these games really quick. We're just going to go in order of which they're scheduled to be played, starting right here in uh, my hometown of Cincinnati. Uh, the Raiders taking on the Bengals. Cincinnati beat them in Vegas earlier this year, 32-13. to How do you see this one shaping up?
0: You know, I will say this about all the games. Uh, this is going to be a phenomenal year because even with the number one season, with the exception of maybe Philly, I think it's anybody's ballgame. I, I, you could make a case for any of these teams making a run, mainly because all the teams, even the good ones that are playing well, we've seen some of their work. Yep. They've all had some games where you're going, Todd, where did that come from? Yep. Uh, Vegas is a talented team, and they're getting healthy. Although Cincinnati, what Joe Burrow did in those back-to-back games um, uh, against the Ravens and and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, yep. as good of teams, obviously, as there is in the league, almost 1,000 yards in passing off. you got to be kidding me. So Cincinnati's hot. They're talented. They're at home. Uh, Vegas is not going to be an easy out. It's all going to come down to Derek Carr. Is he able to do what we saw him do against the Chargers in the second half? Because it all really comes down to, to Derek Carr and his ability to get the ball down. He, he's unbelievable numbers when he's 300 yards passing or more and no turnovers. That's going to be the key.
1: New England at Buffalo, uh, two really weird games. The first one, of course, much ballyhoo. The weather was terrible in Buffalo. New England goes up there, passes three times in the game, comes away with a win. They run all over Buffalo's defense. Uh, they flip flop. The next time, go to New England. Allen has a big game, uh, and the Bills win the game. Now you've got you know Belichick v. you know uh, Buffalo division game. Now playoff game. Um, so far in a short amount of time and, and i know you don't like this because you and i were partners together for a long time and we get into these debates a lot is Allen a big game quarterback
0: we're gonna find out and yes i think he is uh, he has shown the signs uh, of being spectacular and in ways that are are unique uh I, to me he's got you know he's got a little bit of that roethlisberger size in terms that you just can't bring him down by yourself, he extends so many plays by shrugging a guy off. Certainly, a much better athlete. His ability to run down the field—he's not Lamar or, uh, Jackson or um, yeah, Lamar uh,
1: Jackson. Yeah, he's not him. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. But but I tell you what, next—he's next in line in terms of any quarterback in this league that can can run around. So he's got that combination now, and he's had some big games. Now he's got to show it in the playoffs. You know, the first year they just kind of played good defense and he did just enough out of the backfield. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to have to show in and they have to be this game where he can, okay, if you got to be a 45-throw guy in order to be somebody in the playoffs, uh, can you be that guy? I think he can, uh, but how he's going to have to show it because they certainly have a good enough team. The fact that they're at home, whether it's going to be a factor, but I think he is that guy.
1: Philadelphia, Tampa Bay. This is an X and O's question. Uh, we know what's happened with Tampa Bay with their offense and the injuries. Uh, Godwin, their best receiver, I think, went down. Certainly, he was the guy they counted on the most. Uh, they've had injuries uh, to Howard at the tight end position. They still have Brady in there, and they've got Gronkowski in there and so forth. Uh, the whole Antonio Brown saga, blah, blah, blah. If you were coaching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensively, and you were this legendary offensive-minded guy, would you change that offense? I don't mean flip the whole thing and overhaul it, but you know what I'm getting at here. For for the start of this postseason, you're going to have to do it a little bit different than the way you did it to win the Super Bowl last year. Would you? What would you do?
0: Well, th- what you begin with, you got to you start with number twelve, Brady. Yeah. Let's remember his pedigree coming out of New England was one that every week they were different. They'd come out one week and say, okay, we're going to run the ball 45 times, come hell or high water. Literally the next week, they are going, okay, we're just going to throw it every down. We're going to throw it 50 times. So Brady has that ability for them to adapt themselves, either week by week or obviously through the entire season of, okay, this is what got us to the Super Bowl last year, but yes, we do have to adapt it. Leonard Fournette, the last part of the season, has really shown up as a four. So given the injuries you're talking about, there's still plenty of the – targets down the field, and Brady's going to find them. But I think we may see a more run-centric team with Fournette, particularly against Philadelphia, although they can, you know, they match up pretty well with the back end against Philadelphia. Philadelphia, like I said, is the one team that I think it's great they're in the playoffs. Uh, Jalen Hurst still coming along. I, I don't know how they're going to match up in this one. Uh, but Tampa Bay, I think, through the playoffs, if they can, I think we may see a little more run-centric offense.
1: San Francisco and Dallas. I don't know why. Um, I think this is the best game for the weekend. And, yeah. and you can certainly make a point, and others would say. Uh, I, I watched uh, that San Francisco game um, on Sunday when they came back to win that game and beat the Rams. And I got to tell you, you know, I, I mean, I've had a chance to sit down and visit with Jimmy Garoppolo a lot. And, look, I know he's got his, his detractors and all that kind of thing. But the one thing you can't take away, Brian, and you know it's, it, it's the most important thing at the end of the day the guy finds a way to win games and 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 f- and his team wins games when he plays can they go win this game
0: yeah they can and 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 because they look like they have gotten back now they've had to deal like everybody with injuries and covid so I, i'm not making excuse for any one team but san francisco has been hit with a lot of injuries and what we're seeing is the formula for them that wasn't their super bowl year but Garoppolo, and remember, in the Super Bowl run, he got the criticism because, well, he didn't do that much of quarterback because he didn't have to. He only had to throw the ball 25, 30 times the way they ran the ball, the way played defense. Now, against the Rams, against, you know, good team, what you saw from Garoppolo, yeah, you saw the two interceptions, okay? And obviously he's got to stay from, away from that. But his box score was, was just what they want to do. He was 23 of 32. Over 300 yards. Yet they ran the ball 31 times for over 135 yards. Played pretty good defense. They held the Rams to under 100 yard, under 80 yards rushing. And and obviously Matthew Stafford, uh, you know, he threw some picks as well. Uh, so they've got that formula. If they can stay true to that formula, they're going they're going to do some damage. Now, if Garoppolo has to be particularly with the thumb, if it has to be a 40. 45-game throw, now that changes the equation a little bit, and that, that's not going to favor them uh, if they have to get into that mode. But if they can keep that balance, uh, yeah, they're, they're as good as anybody in the, in the NFC. You know,
1: I I wonder, Coach, how good Dallas is. Uh, I've watched them a lot this year. Um, you know, they get all the hype. They're the Dallas Cowboys. I get all that. But when I go back and look through the course of their season, if you take away the first four or five weeks of the year when they had a couple of good wins, they beat New England in a tight game, uh, they lost early on in a tight game, a season opener to Tampa Bay. But if you go back the last seven, eight, nine weeks of the, of the year, Year, they have not beaten anybody. Every time they play somebody who's halfway decent, they they get beat. Case in point, just recently against Arizona. Um, how good do you think they are?
0: Well, I think, like we said uh, to start, they they like everybody have looked dominant at times. And yes, they have the talent to go the distance. But like everybody, they had some head scratchers. Like how you know how the heck did that happen? Everybody has that. You know, they, yeah, they lost Arizona. Arizona was pretty good, you pretty know, darn good football team. Um, they laid it on Washington and, and Philadelphia. But, there, again, those teams are only so good. Um, New Orleans, which is down a little bit this year. So, yeah. But those were the teams on the schedule. Uh, the, the loss to the right. Raiders because we saw that the Raiders can be pretty good. So, is Dallas capable of it? Yes. Because Dak Prescott looks – although, I've got to say, I don't know that Dak looks totally back – there are some of those throws that look like they're getting away from him. So that's just a matter of indeed, you know, is he back? They certainly have the talent. The defense is better. Uh, I think this matchup is, is, is certainly going to be good for them. And, of course, you know, it's the history of it. you got to love San Francisco and Dallas. You yeah. know that history goes so far back. It's going to be great. I'm going to be interested to see if the Dallas defense can't contain San Francisco and not let them get in that rhythm that we were talking about. Uh, and, 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 and then they're not, then it could be, you know, it could be a good day because then Dallas can could, could take control offensively. The problem is if San Francisco does get into that mode and chews up the clock and get some long drives. Now can Dak go in and, and from behind and with a shorter number of, of, uh, possessions, can he piece that thing together and come up with enough of the big plays? So yeah, it's, it, I think they are good enough, but like everybody, we've seen times when they're not.
1: Is Pittsburgh even remotely good enough to even have a fighter's chance at KC? You
0: know what? uh, Yeah, uh, the emotion of it. uh, Ben, you know, obviously the last run. Kansas City obviously playing as well as anybody That compared to early in the year. And everybody's taking the same approach. They're not going to give up the big play. That was the biggest thing for difference between Kansas City this year and previous years because people are lining up in four cross zone, two deep saying, Okay, we're not going to give you the big play. And they haven't had as many vertical plays. Now, are they capable of putting together the twelve, thirteen, four? They have a seventeen play drive to start the game the other day. Yep. Um, they're capable of that. But and 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 certainly you're going to see Pittsburgh configure in that way. The question is can can Ben and then in Kansas City defense has shown some vulnerability can Ben have that magical run and we know he's capable of it can get the running game going on um, yeah I think they can make the game of it would I bet on it no I think Kansas City at home is going to be the better team but I wouldn't dismiss it out of hand
1: And then lastly, you got Arizona against the L.A. Rams, Uh, two teams that uh, are are hard to figure. I mean, you've already pointed that out about a number of these teams, but, you know, they've played twice. Arizona beat them in L.A. L.A. beat Arizona in Arizona. Uh, You know, uh, Matthew Stafford has still never won a playoff game. Uh, Not that he's been in a ton of them, but he's never won one. Um, Does that weigh on Matthew Stafford, do you think, Coach?
0: He, he's, he wouldn't be
1: human if there weren't in the back of his mind. Now, again, you know he been in Detroit all
0: those years, right. so it wasn't him alone. You know, it's not like he was on good teams or 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 anybody with history to where he's gone in and not. He's had to, the thing I liked this year. I was anxious to see Matthew Stafford in a system where he didn't have to throw the ball six hundred and fifty or seven hundred times like he had to every year in Detroit, and they played to that strength. And so they are a good complete team. Uh, but he's had a run of turnovers. That's going to be the key to me. He, the last little bit, he's looked really good, but he's also turned the ball over, and you can't do that in the playoffs. Arizona, uh, again, they've got the same challenge. You know, They were so hot for so long, and Tyler Murray is special, but they haven't been able to piece it together the last part of the season. They're not coming in with a lot of uh, momentum uh, or necessarily confidence coming in, uh, but they're familiar with the Rams. That's the good thing. They know this team. Their first real playoff experience where they're going to come together, it's a team that they're very familiar with, that they've had success against. So to me, it really comes down to if Matthew Stafford doesn't turn the ball over. I think the Rams at home are going to be good enough to win. He puts them uh, Kyler Murray on a couple short fields, then I think the Cardinals have got a real chance.
1: All right, then real quick, I'm going to just ask you. Just give me the, the the winner and loser. Vegas at Cincinnati. Who wins? I think Cincinnati is playing with such confidence
0: and Joe Burrow. I got no reason to think he's not going to continue to be hot. I got to go with Cincinnati at home.
1: New England at Buffalo. Boy,
0: I, I, you, you, you go broke picking against New England and Belichick in the playoffs, but I think Buffalo is the better team. They're at home. I think Josh Allen's going to step up big. I go with Buffalo.
1: All right, you like Tampa Bay over Philly, right?
0: Yeah, Philly's the one. odd. Uh, uh, it's great that they made the playoffs, but of all the playoffs, they're the ones that I think are the most vulnerable.
1: What about the uh, Niners in Dallas? I think San Francisco
0: is going to come in and beat Dallas. I think there's enough uh, question about Dak, and, and uh, I think they've got that, that swagger, that comfort. Debo Samuel was just phenomenal the other night. Garoppolo is going to have another week now that he's used to it. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the upset with San Francisco on the road against Dallas.
1: All right, and you like Kansas City over Pittsburgh, and you said the Rams over Arizona, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I got to go. I mean, again, it's going to chalk and going with the home team. So that's not real uh, – you know, we're not, we're not breaking a lot of news here, but I do think Kansas City's too good to, to overcome for Pittsburgh, and I think the Rams uh, are, are going to keep that balance, and Stafford doesn't turn the ball over.
1: All right, my man, I can't thank you enough for your time, Coach. You're the best. But- Glad to do it. All righty. Great to have him. Great to have you. We'll find out if he's right, and we'll focus again on the games the next weekend as we move into the divisional round after this weekend. Have a great day, a great weekend, and take care.